Everybody, welcome back to the ATI podcast. Everybody that's tuning in with us right now, of course, this evening we've got Jason from Storm Ruler. Hell yeah, I'm excited, and uh, we're really excited to have Jason on the show. So, of course, last week was our mega episode, our mega sode, if you will, with Joey Rackavan. We we got into a lot of interesting and fascinating discussion topics. You know, we talked about some good music bands like Entomb, The Disintegration Loops by William Bazinski, The Caretaker Stuff. We talked about Seeger Ross, Bonavere, Botch, Mare, Dead Guy, Poison the Well, some of the bands that influenced the bands that, you know, Joey and I were in back in the day, as well as common co-host Ridge. We talked about a lot of good movies and directors. We talked about, of course, The Exorcist. You know, some of these are, you'll know. We talked about Evil Dead. We talked about Dark Song. We talked about directors like Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, Jordan Peele, Jennifer Kent, Guillermo del Toro, what he has going on. We also talked about The Night Books, which is out. And Joey was talking about kind of the influence that's kind of he heard about it on this, the King cast, the Stephen King cast specifically. So uh, Night Books that's out on Netflix he, that he highly recommended. Things like, you know, again, kind of getting down nostalgia lane but talked about movies like fright night monster squad lost boys that lost sort of boys, stuff. yeah joey had a lot of recommendations for kind of obscure <laughs> eateries and things of that ilk so that was pretty fascinating dive when we talked about the foundry and some of the you know vendors there there's afro-caribbean there's indian food uh, but they do it like burrito style and he even talked about vietnamese fusion place up in st louis called goody cafe and uh, he highly recommended the faux which is what he tried so yeah, just a lot. I mean, and then we got into some middle medieval literature as well. So it seems like quite the array of discussion topics. But Joey, as I've talked about in the episodes leading up to it, one of my most well-read and intelligent friends, and I knew the conversation was going to take some unexpected and interesting turns at times. So, and then of course we did the old thing that we always do and kind of nostalgia trip. Talked about shows back in the day and. Yeah. And the fun that we used to have and the shenanigans the that we scene. used to get into. Yep, yep, absolutely. Hell yeah, miss those and, days. And, you know, beating up and beating down the road paths, if you will. We're going to talk a little current events Hell until yeah. we've got Jason on the show today. Jason of Storm Ruler and Bastard. Jason Asbury, we've had on the show previously. He was on episode nine at that time. And we were talking to him and promoting them going out on their spring tour, the Devastation of the Nation tour at that time. And he was with bands of the ilk of like Abigail Williams and so on. Yeah. They played and, some pretty awesome venues and stuff too. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the main things we're going to be talking about, Jason, at least to start the conversation off with today about is we're going to do a tour recap. He's going to give us some tour stories. We're going to talk about things that he enjoyed most during the tour. We're going to talk about lessons learned, so on and so forth. So going to be a cool little recap to start. Yeah. Uh, but then we're going to get into, they've got the new album coming out, Storm Ruler does. So. This shit is so good. <laughs> yeah. And we're really looking forward to that. And of course, it's going to be on Napalm Records is what they're on so and they're really churning out and 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 showing off everything that they've got going on so we'll get into more of that here in a moment but 
I wanted to talk because this guy is always on the tip of our tongue about all the lovely stuff that's going on in New York with Trump. Yeah, so like <laughs> I've kind of been hit and miss with like my information with this. So it's is it it's not a, is it, it's not a criminal case, right? They're it's suing a them. Case, it's a however, civil case. She's recommending criminal charges. Right, because of the evidence that they're bringing forth right. to exactly the prosecuting right. attorney. Exactly right. I got you. Okay. Yeah, so essentially the short of it is that they are accusing the Trump business. The allegations are that essentially Trump, his kids, his businesses that are all operating in New York area right. are participating in things like insurance fraud and tax fraud. I mean... Because they're devaluing their properties so they don't have to pay as much taxes or insurances or premium premiums right. on those properties. Right. And, I mean, they went through a laundry list of... The AG, that is, New York AG, went through a laundry list of stuff. And so they are suing him, essentially, for overall business fraud, fraud in, a, in a civil sense. And I'm glad. Like, but my thing is, like, Trump's been doing this for years, people. He was doing it before he was president. Right. The Polish worker scandal. Let's talk about Trump University. Let's talk about all these different scandals right. that he's been involved with, and no one's ever went after him. You know, and I'm glad somebody finally is, you know. But sure. the, it, it, that's why you hear all everybody on the right say it's a political stunt, because, you know— now, right. now we're holding them right. accountable. And that's why we should be holding people accountable all the time so we don't get into situations right. like right. this. And you're going to have your naysayers, right. naysayers in the sense that, well, honestly, like where's there's limited optimism right now because you have to think about everything that is, as Josh was talking about, has went on with Trump and how little he's been held accountable to date. Right. But you, uh, the state of the world has changed. The magnifying glass has never been bigger. Right. On right. World affairs, people, what they do from day to day. Sharing information instantly. And, yeah. I mean, the technology and people's ability to get invasive right. in your personal affairs. And the fact that he was president now, which puts an even bigger spotlight on him, you know, as a former president. And then let's not, you know, that's, we can talk about the Mar-a-Lago stuff again. And, right. And, you know, which actually a funny thing happened is he was on Hannity. Trump was. Yeah. <laughs> and they asked him about the declassifying of the documents. And he just said, if, if you think it essentially that they're declassified. Yeah. He said that them. if I wanted to, I could basically think that a document was right. declassified. He said and it would the be declassified. act of him sending them to himself in Mar-a-Lago declassified them. He's out of his, he, he's a narcissistic sociopath. The case. 100%. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. Whether you support him or not, the dude is a very narcissistic sociopath. And speaking of Trump and Trump surrogates, we can talk, you know, about DeSantis as well. The big stunt that he pulled. Uh, dude. Sending, uh, 50 people or so, I think it was, of on a plane to Martha's Vineyard mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Right. Uh, so the intent and thought there is essentially is they were sending, quote unquote, illegals, to use their terminology, Immigrants right. to what they what is sanctioned cities and sanctioned areas. So, basically, Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis are working together because they're both kind of primary Republican governors in the United States. They're in the news constantly. Right. They are working together in this sense that they and the other phenomenon here too. I I shouldn't pass up is the fact that Texas is bordering Mexico. So there's a lot of a border activity that goes on. You know, there's a, a stronghold, a border patrol there from the U.S. side. There's a lot of people that cross that border even daily. This is where you're going to get your highest concentration of somebody walking across national well, yeah. lines. I mean, that's... And the uh, most common uh, instances. Uh, right. It's a, that's a general assumption because it's a border right. state. Right. Now, Florida has its own, you know, plethora of this activity because in Florida, 
It's of course, Cuban. you get a lot of, you know, Caribbean, you know, Cubans, that type of right. stuff, activity right. there. And the folks that actually end up there in Florida specifically, they don't matriculate in, in the, as high of volumes and as frequently mm-hmm. because of ease of access. You know, they have to travel. A lot of people that come into Florida are refugees. Yeah. And, and they, they come in by boat or very raft. Very sketchy or, means. Right. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, boats, rafts. You know, make makeshift devices, if you will, right. and travel hundreds of miles overseas, right. and a lot of them don't even make it. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a lot it's a lot different travel and logistics in, in that sense. So DeSantis's thought here is, and this is he's owned up to having done it, is that you know that they don't matriculate into his state in the hordes that they do in Texas, and then that's really where they want to do it. And this is all publicity stunt. It's a, pol- trying it's to a get political thing. People to talk about stuff because inflation's is is declining. You know, gas right now in particular is declining. I know here locally it's under three dollars a gallon now. Finally, two ninety nine down the street from me. Yep. So you know now that gas isn't five and six dollars and ten dollars like they said it was going to be, they being mostly the Republicans fear mongering everybody. Now they now they have to find something else to talk about. Right. And, you know, there's measures being taken to help slow inflation overall as well. You know, increasing Federal Reserve rates and so on and so forth. How effective in the long run is that going to be? Time will tell. However, again, this is a ploy by Republicans to start talking about something else, get your attention on something else. And when all else fails, we're going to get racist and we're going to talk about brown people. That's the Republican agenda. Yeah. And so essentially to get back on our story, the stunt that they pulled. They lured people under false pretenses. Right. Then they were like promised them to pay fifty dollars for every person housing. they brought. Also, allusions were made to the possibility of meeting the president or presidents or former presidents, <laughs> as well, because you know, like Obama and Clinton in particular, uh, frequented Martha's Vineyard as like vacation spots. Right. So there was a lot of shammery, I guess, or you know, going on here. You know, the thinly veiled, you know, promises that couldn't be delivered upon. So. Nonetheless, they ended up taking folks out there to Martha's Vineyard and things weren't as they said they would be. And now, and some of those folks too, mind you, where DeSantis is actually really going to get himself into some additional trouble is that some of these folks were asylum seekers. Actually, a good portion right. of them were asylum seekers. So right. kind of the protocol is, is you know, asylum seekers, and these in particular are from Venezuela. So these are people that were trying to escape Venezuela, corrupt government and everything that's going on there. If you've you know paid attention to the news. They had filed for asylum in the United States. So basically, as your asylum proceedings are going on, you are welcome to, and it's typically that you would stay close to the place at which you filed for asylum as well, because you're going to eventually have a hearing. Right. Well, they're so backlogged with these requests that it takes forever. So it's not uncommon for people to like wander out of the premises of where they're going to have their hearing, that sort of thing. But this, they actually transported people out of state right. as well. So these people are nowhere near to be able to actually you know, actually have these asylum hearings that they they would have. And so there's like a possibility of them missing that. Now, there were people in Martha's Vineyard prepared for these immigrants coming over to house them and so on and so forth. An interesting fact that I found out was that in, in Florida in particular, and I want to get back on to saying this here in a second, they use a lot of migrant workers. So don't let them fool you with that also. Right, right. How this much the of the workforce DeSantis is... moved him out of Texas and not out of Florida. Right. Because if you've ever been to Florida, which I have several times, ever went to vacation in Florida, ever had business dealings in Florida more particular, especially if you're like in the hospitality or travel industry, a lot of that is built off of migrant work that mm-hmm. is being paid pennies on the dollar yep. for their labor. Florida in, its, in itself is a whole racket for right. that, uh, right. those type of labor practices. These folks in Texas... 
as far as to get the publicity of, of what they did and, and the, na- I guess, national recognition that they want. DeSantis targeted Texas with the partnership of Abbott and, and, and exported these folks out. The thing about Florida well, as well is, you know, that because it is built on the back of migrant workers such as this, I, an interesting fact that I came across in, in hearing about all this stuff as well, uh, according to the National Chambers of Commerce, for every three unemployed people in the United States right now, there are five job openings. So that means that we literally do not have the people in the United States to meet the work demand. Right. So this is why we have migrant workers in the United States. This is why this practice it goes on very routinely and is actually beneficial to us. Right. There's a city that we all know and love and we talk about it all the time here, St. Louis. St. Louis has taken in a bunch of Afghan refugees. They've actually worked with Jason Kander, who we talked about in the past. Right. He has a veteran affairs program and also works with the people of the Afghani people in particular to seek asylum, and St. Louis has designated itself as an asylum city. They've even requested more immigrants to come into St. Louis specifically because they as a city, and this is a, a nonpartisan issue, right? The, Republicans and Democrats alike, so you're talking business owners from all walks of life, all these folks know that they don't have enough people in the workforce. And it's, the reason is, is that it's actually, St. Louis has become underpopulated. People are moving out of St. Louis to other places. Right. St. Louis is not as populated as it used to be, and there's still all the same jobs, the still the same old commerce that they have. They still have the same functions, you know, restaurants, nightlife, hotels, uh, you, you know, the sports teams bringing a lot of business, nightlife, concert venues, so on and so forth. St. Louis is still a place that there is work to be had. Yeah. So that is why they're bringing in Afghan refugees in particular. So it's, it's something that we need to understand as a nation, regardless of where your political feelings are, that refugees and immigrants are necessary to keep the cogs in the machine moving, especially right. if you're very capitalistic in your right. in your mindset and your approach and your political beliefs. So yep. you want to make sure that you have immigrants, regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat, coming in this country to help aid in the workforce. Right. I think the icing on the cake of this whole story is how they were received at Martha's Vineyard, though. I The community, I guess, pulled together, showed up, found housing for these people, fed people, clothed people, took them into their own houses, I was reading on some, right. some occasions. So uh, even though this was a political stunt that kind of stranded these people there, the community pulled together and took care of these people because they understand the situation. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So I thought that was the, the best part of this whole thing. It was kind of a slap in the face of DeSantis and Abbott. Like, we'll take care of people. If you don't want to take care of these people, we'll take care of these people. Absolutely. So, you know what? Fuck those guys. They're assholes. You know, it, it was Racist. a display of America at its finest as well. And I will say that this was a stunt that took place, too, in the sense that they were trying to entrap Democrats, progressives. right. right. And yeah, some people ended up being taken out of the Martha Vineyard area or whatever the case is. My understanding is it has come together to file suit actually against DeSantis. I'm sure somebody else is going to take the blame for all of this. There is a woman named, can't recall her name uh, at this time, but there's a woman named as far as the spokesperson that made all these promises to lure them onto the plane. But again, we're talking fraudulent activities taking place here. So charges thereof perhaps but there is a class action suit being filed on behalf of all of the migrants or immigrants if you will rightfully or so asylum seekers i don't blame them yeah and and rightfully so absolutely so josh do we got anybody in the chat that's got any comments so far 
Uh, yeah, it was just, well, Brandon and Rich stopped by. Brandon said, glad you're feeling better, Joshy, and I am so glad too, boys. Um, me and Barrett were just actually talking about that before we got on. Uh, man, I, like I was telling him, I don't know if it was all the grease from the food that I ate or if I caught something, but I was down for like four or five days, man. Like, it was bad, but I'm feeling much better. Rich said, roast that hog's leg. We absolutely <laughs> did roast that Don't hog's did, leg. And, uh, R.I.P. hog leg. Zach said, I'm Batman. All right. <laughs> that he is. That you are. So there's a couple uh, interesting uh, news stories out there, kind of current events, too, that we want to talk about. One cool thing is the first female F-35 pilot has actually taken flight, which seems wild. Right. It's 2022. This hasn't already happened. It's the first. And, uh, you know, they reported all this on Heartland News, so we've got an article on that. If you want to pull that up. Yeah, let me pull the article up. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure we get the girl her credit and everything else. And while Josh is pulling that up, uh, I'm going to talk about a couple other things. So we've teased on our social media, more particularly Twitter. And then I took a screenshot of it, shared it elsewhere, shared it on our Facebook group as well, that we had two exciting pieces of news coming out this week for the ATI podcast, our hosts, things that we're doing to help perpetuate the show or our individual talents or whatever the case is. So... One of the things that we're going to address today is that actually I wrote a review of the new Kin Mode album, Knoll, and that is actually going to be published by a Canadian multimedia site, v13.net, that's kind of like an amalgamation of Collider and Pitchfork, yeah. and they do all kinds of multimedia, so they have a gaming aspect where they do gaming reviews and gaming news, they have TV, movies, they have music of all walks, whether it's, you know, popular rap or pop but then more obscure stuff and kind of metal and hardcore and that sort of stuff so an opportunity that i was happy to get we're looking at that actually getting published tomorrow and the album is released tomorrow so we'll be sharing that on our social media uh, depending on whether or not we have time left here today i'm going to read that review prior to jason getting on Hell josh yeah, you man. got that article ready yeah i'm ready all right so we're going to jump to the f35 pilot. all right yeah so like i said or like barrett said this came from heartland news kfvs 12 from their website and it was wrote a guy named jordan gartner but anyway it states a uh, female pilot from kentucky made history earlier this month become by becoming the first female f35 fighter jet pilot for the air national guard According to the Air National Guard, the 30-year-old First Lieutenant Kelsey Flannery marked her flight as as a Vermont Air National Guard member on September 7th. She was quoted in saying, I really wanted to be on the leading edge, Flannery said. It's exciting to get up there, go fast, and be able to employ weapons, so that was one of the more appealing parts of it. Officials say Flannery has been training for three years to be the pilot of the F-35A Lightning II. So good for her, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And like Barrett alluded to, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer. That it's just finally happened in 2022. Yeah, I mean, it, it shouldn't. That it's the ridiculous. Case. There's no reason why a female shouldn't be allowed to be a fire pilot if she can pass all the same rigorous tests right. and uh, you know rigmarole that men can. Then there's no reason why she shouldn't be able to be allowed to be. A and pilot. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact of what female enlistment is like in the in the military. Right. Right. Uh, first and foremost, so that's you know to be. But I'm sure there's females. still a big sexism in certain positions. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. It's one of the most archaic combat positions, mostly. Right. It's kind of a right. You know, gray area. So. So we've got another interesting news article. We got to talk about our folks in QAnon again. So the QAnon people have a new theory out there, guys, and it's validated by, of all things, The Simpsons, perhaps the greatest television show now listen, of all time. 
listen, I'm not a QAnon nut, and <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what they're talking about with this, but The Simpsons is fucking scary when it comes to predicting stuff, yeah. man. Like, Some I'm not president. trying to give QAnon <laughs> any credit or say that I'm, I'm with them and I support this theory because right. I don't. But these dudes, I'm telling you, the the creator of The Simpsons and Futurama is Matt Growing, yeah. and he is a time traveler, I'm convinced. So, so I'm going to read this article from Vice <laughs> on this, if you guys haven't caught this. It's, it's very interesting. So uh, this is by David Gilbert uh, from Vice. A conspiracy that something big is about to happen on Saturday, September 24th, so that's this Saturday, has taken hold among QAnon supporters around the world, in part thanks to an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> the conspiracy first emerged in German QAnon channels on Telegram earlier this morning. The followers began spreading a video that showed German lawmaker Merz speaking to the Budenstag about the Russian invasion of the Ukraine in February. In this speech, Mers misspeaks and says that everyone will remember where they were on September 24th rather than February 24th, the day Russia invaded. Mers corrected himself in the official record of Budenstag, but QAnon followers in Germany believe that they've spotted Mers revealing the detail of a secret plan. <laughs> Without any extra information, however, QAnon followers were at the loss about what exactly was going on, going to happen, excuse me, on the date in question. Soon, some interpreted researchers came up with a theory based on a single episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> One member of the German Telegram channel pointed out that in episode 9 of season 24, 924, get it? September 24th, get it? We need to watch this episode uh, tonight, by the way. Uh, the animated sitcom, the plot revolves around a group of preppers. In, a particular, in particular, the characters discuss W-R-O-L or without rule of law, which is a doomsday prepper lingo for the complete breakdown of society after major catastrophe. The episode also features an electromagnetic pulse device, which QAnon followers believe will usher in 10 days of darkness and ultimately return former President Trump to the Oval Office. <laughs> because it got dark outside. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to stop the article there. It does go on a little bit longer, but you know, if you guys want to read that, go to Vice News. But I want to make people aware of this article right. and the fact that QAnon is, is back at it. Now, I will say, of course, if anybody saw in the last 48 hours that Russia has drafted 300,000 troops and now Putin is ready to talk not even that, making yeah. thinly veiled threats of nuclear war. He's basically saying that they're going to go to nuclear war. Right. Like if the, um, pretty much what he said is if it gets to a point to where our board, we're, we're scared about our borders, we will do anything. Which one has to assume that they're going to uh, stage an event or, I mean, they're, they're a, a country that is not beyond, you know, making things up. But a positive about this, which I know there's not a lot of positive about things that Putin says and does, but the reaction of the Russian people was a, a good thing. It, the, the reaction that a lot of people were pissed. There was mass protests. Right. There was mass arrests. There was mass exodus. There was border crossings out of Russia that were just right. jam-packed full of Russian citizens yeah, trying I, to avoid I the saw enlistment. a uh, 3D imaging of a map of the, all the flights that were exiting Russia and Ukraine also, right. but just a sea of flights that were exiting. And, countries. you know, and look at their economy. It's in shambles. Look at the ruble. It's in shambles. Right. People can't buy the goods that they need. They can't survive. People are like, they're, they're 
they're they're becoming upset and impatient with Putin and the regimes, and that's exactly what we need. I mean, it's unfortunate for the good Russian people that are against this, you know, because there there are there's Russian. I've seen sure. videos and Russians say this is terrible. We shouldn't Absolutely. be doing this. You know, the, everybody in Russia is not a Putin extremist. And it's a, it's important to frame this too that this these actions were taken post retreat as right. well by Russia. Right. Well, so they got their asses not, kicked. Yeah. Now they got their tail between their legs. Things you know? are not going as well as. Putin, right. of course, hoped and planned and wished, dreamed and desired. So he's taking more drastic measures. You know, baby's taking his ball and going home sort of thing. Right. So that's nothing new there. So we talked about the things that we have in the works for the show. Again, two special things dropping this week. Uh, I talked about the Kid Mode review. Not quite sure we're going to have time to read that. We'll see here shortly. But Josh, actually, the other half of the coin here, <laughs> he had an awesome thing happen that's going to tie and lead into Jason's interview yeah. very nicely. He was able to do the, he was commissioned to do, I should say, the Storm Ruler lyric video for internal fulmination of the Grand Deceivers. Absolutely. So that is up on the Napalm Records YouTube channel. Right. They've got over 2 million subscribers. When we checked this morning and woke up, it already had like 10,000 plays. Yeah. Like well over 700 likes. I I haven't checked it since, but I'm sure it's only one up. Yeah. Because it's only been up for about 36 hours or so. so. Yeah, it was a huge opportunity. I was super grateful for those guys to allow me to even attempt it. So, uh, you know, I'm super grateful, super appreciate it. Great work, of course. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, And uh, it has been shared across all of our media channels, whether it's ATI Podcast social media channels or pers- our personals if you're friends with us on our personal pages and stuff we have spammed the shit out of everybody here the last 24 hours with that <laughs> but if you'd like to check it out it's on our group pages it's also obviously on storm rulers page as well as napalm page and then again you know to see it just go to the youtube channel be sure to like subscribe yeah napalm records has other artists that are awesome as well oh yeah several uh, really course, good our bands. boys are storm ruler and that's where we hang our hats so yeah so we're really looking forward to having jason join us here shortly and uh josh perhaps maybe you're gonna have some other work in the future um yeah we've actually well? yeah me and jason have kind of talked and he said there might be some future projects that i can get involved with with, with storm ruler so i'm su- super excited about that those boys are kind of leading the way as far as black metal right now man like yeah they're kind of keeping that whole thing alive and just the overflowing amount of comments of you know just telling them how awesome they've done on this right. album and how, how great of musicians is is incredible i mean absolutely them, them guys are they're really 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 great musicians so just to be able to be a part of that in any way is freaking awesome so hopefully more to come but um nothing official yet but you know you never know so (laughs) so while we're waiting for jason i might go ahead and give a shot at reading this review yeah real quick i might be able to pinch that in but uh so this is a review of kinmo's album noel it comes out tomorrow it's hard to fathom that canadian noise rock group kinmo has 20 plus years of its skin in the game Kimmo has always been a band constantly and subtly tweaking and evolving their sound with each of their albums. Standing on the shoulders of each of their previous releases, over two decades of grinding, Kinmo have become giants in their field. In a musical world full of varying levels of magicians and genres that have become littered in recent years with imposters, it is, a, it is rare to come across a band that is a celestial-level warlock. This is Kinmode in spades. Kinmode's alchemy couldn't be more on display with their latest effort, Null, out September 23, 2022 on Art of Act Records. Many of the tricks you've come to love and enjoy from Kinmode are employed that makes them who they are. Waves of punishing riffs, distortion being pushed to its absolute brink, and always thunderous drums, 
all become staples in the sound that is uniquely kin mode. Shane Matthewson's ability to attack the beat far exceed your traditional expectations of any hardcore percussionist. Shane's wizardry seamlessly turning to the backbeat throughout many of the tracks creates big mood shifts and adds larger-than-life moments on Knoll. Scott Hamilton continues his run as one of the most solid and underrated, for that matter, bassists in the game. Scott Hamilton is constantly tying everything together rhythmically and kin mode while employing his distinct, overdriven, and massive bass tone. Scott and Shane are in lockstep with their rhythmic acrobats once again. Jesse Matthewson continues his run as one of the absolute best frontmen the genre has to offer, pulling duties of both guitar and vocals. Jesse's angst, married with appropriate amounts of despair and hate, are set in full effect at the most congruous moments in Null, accentuating his absolutely disgusting chord structures and gnarly riffs. Jesse's lyrics speak to all of those who have been disenfranchised and disappointed across all walks of life. A love letter is an anthem from anyone riddled with disgust of their own interpersonal relations and those who struggle with self-hate. Kin Mode pushes themselves into new regions artistically as well. Jesse Matthewson has pressed his talents into all new territories, implementing a variety of vocal stylings throughout the album. While the aggressive vocal dashing we've come to know are still present, Jesse opens and closes unresponsive with vocal approaches reminiscent of 80s hardcore. In but respect my tactics, you can hear distressed vocal stylings reminiscent of daughters. On Not My Fault and Law Script, listen for moments of more traditional singing. Respect. Worth highlighting, Noel's opening track and first signal from Canadian rockers, Love Letter, picks up where love left off, with Catherine Kerr's multi-instrumentalist talents on full display, re-employing Kerr's saxophone chops, adding layers to Kenmo's signature jagged sound, sends their listeners' equilibrium into question. Kerr achieves this once again on The Desperate Search of an Enemy as the track builds in tension in its closing moments. Kim Mode's influences and inspirations have never been on more display, paying homage to some legendary acts that preceded them in the most tasteful ways. Upon the first listen of Throw Your Phone in the River and The Desperate Search of an Enemy, it's hard not to immediately think of hardcore pioneers botch. Unresponsive can be cut and pasted onto a Melvin set list and no one would bat an eye. The tie passes as a track from the downward spiral. Elements of Jesus Lizard, Unsane, Isis, the band, of course, and Converge even manifest themselves throughout Knoll. If variety is the spice of life, Kinmode's Knoll is serving up an absolute punishing flight of hot ones that even Sean Evans would enjoy. This may be Kinmode's most ambitious release to date. Fans, enjoy the magic show. Knoll's Kin, or Kinmode's Knoll Releases September 23rd of 2022. So that was my review of Ken Mode's new album. Hell yeah, dude. Well Hope done. Hope you guys check it out. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And now we have Jason ready in the lobby. So we're going to welcome Jason in. Mr. Jason Sun, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm wonderful after uh, all these issues. That's all right, man. Hey, uh, we're live live already, so just so you know that. Yeah, yeah. You might want to keep your dick put up. I know it's big and it's hard to contain. I was actually just listening a little bit. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. I want to say, I want to say real quick. Yeah, go for it. Fighter pilot. The F-35 is a newer jet and it has been around long, so women have been flying since the 80s. 
Yeah. Right. She was the first F-35 pilot, to clarify. Which is a newer jet. There's not a whole lot of those in service, actually. Most people are wanting to fly, like, the F-22s and the 16s and those Raptors and yeah, shit. Yeah, Raptors, yeah, that's what yeah. they say. So that's cool, though. I mean, that's, yeah, it's awesome. Dude, the F-35 is a, it's a fucking crazy machine, man. Okay, yeah. so that's awesome, man. Speaking of which, uh, I know that you do some, like, contracting work and stuff on the side. Were you in the area when the sonic boom took place? Yeah, I was actually working out in Fredericktown. Fuck, dude, did you hear that? I thought somebody shot a shotgun, dude. Yeah, I didn't know what it was for a while, and then like it, like two or three days passed, and I saw it was a jet. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like it whipping was... through sonic barriers and shit. Yeah, like I've heard tons of sonic booms, but man, I don't know. That was different. That yeah. was really different. Yeah, man, it was wild. I yeah. agree. Yeah, and I we thought a like a earthquake took place here. Yeah, like we were just tripping. <laughs> yeah, freaking out. Well, my girlfriend, she was down there in Fredericktown with us. I thought she like knock something over in the house or like blew <laughs> up or something we're also next to a quarry so i thought they may like been blowing shit. blasting yeah yeah for sure hey so we uh kind of led things off until like what well, i was killing some time reading the review that i did for kin mode until you could get on but um we were talking about how josh had the opportunity to do the lyric video for you guys to kind of help set up you coming on thanks a bunch dude saved our ass Big time. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. this is, honestly, it's the storm roller way of just like getting by by the skin of our teeth. Like everything is last minute. Like on the first record <laughs> when we were trying to like, we were getting ready to, you know, put out the album and everything and like get our web store ready. We like the album went live at 9 a.m. And we didn't have our web store ready until like 8.50, like 10 minutes before we like it went oh, live. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's dude. my entire life. So I feel you there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try not to procrastinate, but I also find myself commonly and routinely in procrastinating type situations. So. Yeah, yeah, for it's real. all the yeah. time for me. That's how it goes, man. So even the last tour, Devastation tour, yeah, we uh, were having guitar player issues, and we didn't get a guy until like three weeks before we left. Yeah, so I, I remember us talking about the fact that you know last time you were on was you know largely in promotion of you about to go on that tour, right? And I know that you guys had like a lot of issues with hired hands, if you will, and what have you. Is there any other like kind of like wild stories from the tour that you can recap with us that are, are noteworthy? Yeah, we'll start at the beginning. The drive there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we made it to uh, like somewhere in Nevada, and then we were we were driving to Berkeley, which is basically San Francisco. But coming out of Nevada, we went through Reno, and when you get past Reno, you get into like the California mountains and shit. Yeah, and, and we were sitting in uh traffic for like an hour, and we thought somebody wrecked or whatever. And then finally we get through it and we're at the whatever and snow starts coming down. We realize that there's no wreck or anything. So we're driving another 30, 40 minutes. Next thing you know, there's a foot of snow on the ground. <laughs> Turns out everybody was putting on tire chains and shit. Oh, Jesus. Damn. Which about 45 minutes after that, we get pulled over by like chain inspection telling us we can't be up on this mountain without tire chains. So immediately we spent like 150 bucks we're laying down knee chest deep in snow, putting on tire chains. And then an hour and a half later, we're on the beach. <laughs> that's crazy that they have like requirements for that. I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I know why I get it's why, but that's crazy. And legitimately like 30 minutes later, those fucking chains saved our life. <laughs> you're sliding everywhere. You're in the mountains. I can imagine. Crazy. Crazy. Speaking of the van, I know you guys had, like had the van break down on you at least once, if not twice, right? Uh, twice mechanically. Once, because we had a tire blowout. <laughs> oh, and shit. We had so many fucking problems. Did you guys have a spare? Yes. 
Okay, well, you're fortunate. Thankfully, that. and it wasn't a donut. We had like a legit spare, which if we had a donut, we wouldn't have made the show that night because we hauled ass. That was the Detroit show. We broke down like three hours outside of Detroit. Well, AAA, and then they're like, yeah, we got somebody on the way. They'll be there in about an hour. So an hour passes, and no one shows up. We call them like, hey, where's this dude at? You know, we got things to do. <laughs> and they're like, well, we don't have anybody on record to uh, come out there right now. Uh, we can send somebody your way. So obviously we said yes. Another hour passes. We get our tires kicked out, and we're three hours from Detroit. <laughs> so we haul ass all the way there, busting like 100 easy. Yeah. Roll in with like 15 minutes to spare before we play. We throw all our shit up on stage. I don't even set up merch. I just chuck boxes over by a table. We rip the set <laughs> Damn, and dude. end up crushing it. It was a sick show, actually. Was that at the Sanctuary? Yeah. Yeah, that was Sanctuary. Too. How'd you like that venue? It, was, it, was, it wasn't too bad. It was cramped and hot as hell. Yeah. 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 But it was sick. It was packed. Muggy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a unique venue for sure. Yeah, it was really fucking much. I don't know if you had a chance to talk to or uh, interface at all with Maxwell there at the Sanctuary. He's a guy that we used to run around with in the scene back in the day. He was in a band called Cinder Receiver. The name rings a bell and it may have been who we were actually dealing with, but I don't think I actually met them. Yeah, Maxwell's a solid fucking dude and a great musician. He can play and, and do anything. But uh, yeah, he ended up starting that venue up there and he actually has like pro wrestling events there too. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's a cool guy. Did you ha did you run into issues with like, you know, I know you whenever we talked to you last about like crossing the border, making sure you had the musicians to, you know, fill out a show, that sort of stuff. Did you run any issues there? Getting into a... Uh... BC, there was no issue at all, really. Uh, that was pretty easy. But then we came out of BC and went back to Washington and, you know, had another leg of the tour. And then out of Detroit, we went up and started like the three dates in Canada, going into Ontario, going up to Toronto was the first date. We got held up at the border for like five hours, which sucked. We almost Shit. missed that show that night. It was us, uh, Bork Nagari and Rotting Christ all got stopped at the border. Uh, we ended up getting let go after about five hours, somehow still made the show, but Bork Nagar and Riding Christ got held up for 14 hours. We all got there at the same time at 10 a.m. in the morning, or yeah, 10 in the, 10 in the morning, and uh, they didn't end up getting out there until like midnight, one or two o'clock in the morning. They were, Jeez. they ended up having to cancel that, uh, their show. They, the show still went on, but no Bork Nagar, Riding Christ, but they like made the tickets right. cheaper and whatever else what happens whenever you're held up there at the border they just got you sitting there in limbo in your vehicle or like what happens so like they pulled us over we went into customs or whatever immigration whatever it is yeah they're doing whatever i don't know you're what you're doing is you're waiting in a lobby for a really long time yeah it's like a hospital lobby for an er and then you're and then they get and then they tell you that you're good to go and then you leave there's like what was the no issue? questions, yeah. no follow up? <laughs> like, yeah, was right. An issue, man. Jesus. Yeah. It sounds like whenever I try to bail one of my friends out of jail. <laughs> 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 Just sitting there waiting. What are some of the highlights from the tour? What are some good things that stuck out to you? The whole tour, minus the van issues, was an incredible success. Yeah, good. Being able to play, I mean, that tour was an honor. Being able to play with Borgnagar was, yeah, a highlight in itself. Being able to like call those dudes friends and shit now. Didn't you get to come up and like do a song with them or something? <laughs> the uh, the very last show of the tour in L.A., uh, we got up, me and Jesse, my drummer, we got up on stage and did a 
a couple vocal parts in Colossus, which is like one of their biggest songs. Nice. That's fucking sick. Yeah. yeah, that's an incredible opportunity for sure. No I will question. say on that new lyric video, like um, a lot of people said, yeah, I seen you guys on Devastation, you know, on the tour and you guys were killer. So that's cool, man. You guys got a lot of exposure from that. Yeah, man. It helped us out a lot. It was a big boost. That's awesome. And, you know, that that being said, you know, you're about to go on a European tour, right? Yeah, March, April next year. Yeah. Nice. So with the with the legendary Cannibal Corpse, and that's going to open you up to all new opportunities and people. and Legendary Dark Funeral, too, who we are really fucking stoked about. Yeah. Dark Funeral's yeah. a big one for us. Not to overlook them, for sure, yeah. Nah, we're actually, uh, I think we don't want to throw this out there and jinx our stuff. I'm pretty sure we're on the bus for that tour with Dark Funeral. Nice. So we'll be able to actually, you know, go experience some shit, which is going to be cool instead of having to drive. <laughs> yeah. Right. Worrying yeah. about a van and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking cool, man. I think it's like 15 countries, 44 days, and we start in uh, the Netherlands. So, like, driving through the Swiss Alps and getting to see some castles and shit. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, over the 44 days, like, you're playing, like, 38 or 39 of them or something insane like that, right? Yeah, I think there's only four days off on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. that's that's going to be tight for sure, man. Yeah, it's going to be an experience. <laughs> so, of course, this is to promote your new album that you have coming out, uh, Sacred Rites and Black Magic, right? Yeah. And you guys are getting ready to do the CD release show, too, of course, for that album here in October. Yeah, up, uh, up here in St. Louis, playing with the Lions. Daughter Fister in the Gorge, so it's a stacked lineup. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. those are all fantastic St. Louis bands, and I think we've talked about just about all of them in great detail on this show before. Right. Maybe not the Gorge as much, uh, but Gorge has been doing it for a long time as well, uh, well over ten years. Yeah, those dudes are probably going to be the best musicians at the show. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. They're knocked out for sure. Yeah, and uh, at the new Ready Room, of course, too. Ready oh, nice. Room too, right? Nice. We're hoping so. I don't want to like you know say anything, but. Uh, there's like some license issues, so I don't know 100% if we're going to have it there. Right now, it's still going to be there, but uh, there might be a change in that. Right on. Right on. So uh, I guess they're not kind of up and running entirely yet, I guess is what the issue is? Well, I think, I don't know exactly. I know they've had a, a show or two there, I think, but I might be wrong about that. I really don't know. I saw the Riverfront Times article about it, you know, be, coming open. Yeah. But I, I hadn't heard or seen any, much about it since as far as actual shows. I think it's open, but I might be wrong. Well, it also could be an issue of actually having live music up to a certain time, you know, and that sort of thing. Because I remember, I recall that being an issue when, because it used to be the Atomic Cowboy. Yeah. And there's a lot of residential that's tucked up right next to that. Yep. And I think I want to say that they had some problems with noise complaints and stuff like that in the past, but I'm talking about something like probably almost 10 years ago now. Right. Back in the day. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's also other venues on the Grove having live music. I mean, Platt, of course, has metal shows all the time. It might not be outside, but... Right, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the album. Let's get in the weeds a little bit about the album if you can, if you want to. And uh, so you got an official release date for the album. Is it going to be the night of the show or how's that working out? October 14th is when the album comes out and October 15th is the show. Last time we talked to you, essentially you kind of alluded to the fact that you already had another album locked and loaded. I would assume that this this this, this album as far as being written. This is the album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been yeah, waiting right. to put this out for a while. Like, we didn't record it until February, like the first week of February, but we've been, we, we've had some of this material since we put out the first record. I mean, we put out the first record because we wanted to go ahead and get ready to put this record out. The first record just got picked up, and we happened to, like, start that process, so. So with, with this new album, too, you know, I, again, 
as you mentioned, you already had most of it written, but uh, is there any kind of like unique stories that you can tell about as far as the sound crafting? I would assume that you guys recorded it yourselves again, uh, but did you get it mixed and, and mastered by the same people? Anything different here from the last album? No, we actually recorded that over with uh, Gabe at Encapsulated Studios. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that, he, he's fucking great and phenomenal. Right. And he's- the dude is a master behind the behind that all, all that engineering and shit. I don't know how he does it. Well, you know, the guy's been doing it for a while. He's had a lot of Obviously, practice. we did the first one ourselves, and we recorded this one, and this one just sounds leaps and bounds better. Well, you're you're more intimately tied to the music, too, so that you're going to notice the differences right away right, compared yeah. to most other people as well, even people with a trained ear for that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, because it, you're so close to the original source material. So so how many tracks overall are going to be on the album? 20 tracks. Wow. Awesome. But you got interludes and stuff, right? But yeah, but so I think 10 real like songs and tracks, but then you have all the interludes, which... We decided to name and make their own tracks instead of like that's cool having a six seven minute song and then a minute and a half two minute interlude at the end of that song or the beginning of that song a lot of people want to skip that shit so they can just like skip and go straight to the song if they want to you know right right, right. but we're like these interludes are music enough in themselves that they deserve their own name so and they can be enjoyed on their own standing too yeah and plus it's fun to like sit around and come up with dumb names for songs like these poetic sure. prose for songs and shit. <laughs> amid a smear of crimson cloud <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. you guys started playing with synths and stuff on the first album too but is there going to be kind of like some synthy interludes or is it all strictly like acoustic guitars more traditional stuff in black metal or there'll be uh there'll be some synthy stuff there's a there's more acoustic on this record but there's more the interludes are a little more thought out the whole album okay. itself is a little more thought out i think well, you guys have had time to to you know creatively mix it up and 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 that sort of thing as well. So then we we really wrote the record, the first record, in like a couple months because we wanted to write a black metal record. This one was like, oh, we're an actual band now. Let's put some thought behind this. You know, it went from kind of passion project fun to like you know let's do the work this time. Not to say you didn't work hard on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say you boys are heading in the right direction with this album because like so far everything's been fan. Fantastic as fuck. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm really stoked about this album. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's really good. I, th- I think we hit on some of this the last time we talked, but it's always nice to have a friend and acquaintance over the years that you enjoy the company of, but furthermore, that they actually put out music that you enjoy. So it makes right, right. what we do so much easier when we're talking to somebody like you, for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Is there a, an overall concept with the album? Are you, are you, cause I know like people take creative approaches sometimes to help them kind of narrow their focus and like, you know, and it's not uncommon in, in black metal music in particular, mm-hmm. or even death metal at times to, to have an overall concept that all the songs are about this or right. we're taking you on this, this, this novella, this journey, if you will. Have you approached things in this way with this album or? I would say musically, I, there's, it's, 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 it's a cohesive piece musically, but lyrically it's not. I mean, uh, the same way we, like we did with the first record, I always say Jesse and I are big Pink Floyd fans, and we're also like, we're big Opeth fans and Edge of Sanity fans and all those bands, like how they piece yeah. together their records. Most of the time aren't concept records, but they're cohesive. So right. the way we want to do it's like we have the first track, and then the interlude will, will either fade out of that or it'll be a hard stop and it'll go into like a somber interlude, which will tie into the next song. Mostly did that just to make it seamless. Yeah, right. sure. 
Yeah, lyrically, I mean, we have songs from books we've been reading to games we've been playing or historical moments or something I just cleverly popped up into my head or whatever. <laughs> Let's, what's some of the source materials that you've been pulling from, like more specifically, like what games, what books would you say? Uh, there's a few Bloodborne songs. There's a couple uh, Dark Souls songs, of course. Hell yeah. <laughs> dabble into history of like the, uh, the Vlad, the Impaler, okay. and Ottoman okay. Romanian era uh, conflicts. And Jesse's been reading a book, which Ten Heralds, Ten Desolations is a song. I should probably know what that song's about. I don't. <laughs> it's the only song he wrote, and I don't know what it's about, but it, the lyrics are cool, so I'm down with it. Hell yeah. Well, this kind of ties in with our episode last week is uh, Joey, my guest, uh, Joey Rackovin. And you may know him or have met him in the past, but yeah, he, he was in some of the bands that we played in. Yeah. But uh, he's been on a medieval literature kick lately, so... You know, we got down a little bit of rabbit hole talking about some medieval lit last week, unsuspectingly, as well. So that that stuff kind of plays into that that music and songwriting sometimes as well. Yeah, I mean it's ripe with it. We talked already a little bit about some like the fact that you actually recorded and encapsulated this time, and of course with you being on uh, Napalm Records, of course that's a great promotional marketing vehicle we've got the you've already got an actual music video out for sacred rights and black magic though yeah a title track that is a phenomenal video if anybody hasn't checked that out you guys i recommend you again go to the youtube channel and, and check it out but uh any any interesting stories behind the production of that music video in particular did you do it with the same guy that did your music videos in the past yeah yeah we did it we actually i did it with uh jt ibanez this is the guy who did the last uh storm roller music video but also the guy who did the last two bastard music videos okay so we did it with him killer work man he did did great i would like to say that there was like a month-long meeting room council between us and jt where we sat down and wrote out this like really uh magnificent storyboard but honestly we were in a facebook messenger three days beforehand going what the <laughs> fuck are we doing <laughs> for this music video uh and uh. then he bought some cloaks or robes and we got some candles and just did it like that it was awesome yeah, man. it turned dude. out great yeah it turned <laughs> out fantastic the lighting's good production's great editing's great sound it's, mix is good yeah it's good you know you guys are hitting on all cylinders as usual did have a question from a viewer yeah, yeah. are record pre-orders delayed or will they be shipping or available at the release show no pre-orders delayed we're taking pre-orders right now we don't ship to europe right now just because International shipping costs are fucking crazy. Right. We do ship up to Canada, but no, we'll have three different variants of the LP at the release show. Awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, again, back to Europe, you guys, I would assume, are going to take some merch over there with you, though. Or oh, yeah. Plan. Yeah, we're going to make sure we're stocked up because that's another thing with Devastation <laughs> is we were, uh, we sold out of, we sold out of 150 patches in about a week. And then we had about 80 vinyl on us and we sold out of that in a couple weeks. And then we got another, uh, we re-upped on vinyl. We couldn't re-up on CDs. We sold out of those. But they only sent us about 30 vinyl because that's all they had left. And we sold out of that in like two days, <laughs> which kind of screwed us. But it's cool to know that we sell. Right. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to we're gonna like make sure we stock up on this shit for Europe. <laughs> yeah. Is vinyl still a bitch right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the printing whatever is just it's stupid. I think it's like 35 week delay. That's insane. Are you guys doing tapes? Not for this. 
I mean, we might do a limited thing at some point. That's always a easy turnaround there in the mark on that. You can still sell them for cheap if you guys decide to do it. It is. We have not dabbled in the tapes, but we should. Yeah, there's a big following. I thought about actually the live stream we did, like the very first live thing we ever did during like COVID on uh, Black Metal Promotions. I think we were talking about putting that in audio form and releasing it on tape. So we might do that. I'm sure people would, would chew buy it up, it. man. And again, you know, you can, you know, cost to you, I mean, maybe five bucks or so, and you can turn around and sell that shit for 10. Yeah, the cost is not that bad. And online tapes sell decently, but live, everybody wants tapes. And right. they yeah. listen to it or not, or it's like a collector's thing, you know? Right. Absolutely. Got to have that physical medium, my man. Absolutely. It's like the Pearl cases back in the day, man, with compact discs. Yeah, exactly. for sure. <laughs> Same thing, man. <laughs> uh, we also already hit on the lyric video as well, internal fulmina- fulmination of the Grand Deceivers. That's a mouthful, ain't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, you a lot can of really... syllables in a short... short. <laughs> we don't shy away from the long titles. Hey, man, again, it, it comes with the territory. So <laughs> One of those epic that. interludes are in that video, so... Yeah, the, uh, the opening interlude of the whole record's on that shit, so... We just didn't uh, name it, <laughs> at least on the video. On the album, it is named. Yeah, we Jesse and I were like throwing that back and forth. It's like, should we put the interlude in this? Should we do the interlude in this? You know, uh, we're like, fuck it, let's do it. It, it turned out good. Just yeah. adds a little bit to it. Yeah, it was epic. It, it's definitely a good build into the the first track. So. I know that, okay, you've got this tour coming up as well, of course. Uh, We talked about the album release show, at least what bands are lined up for it. Do you got anything else in between scheduled, you know, in promotion of the record shows that you guys are going to do for Storm Ruler in particular? No, we were, uh, we got the release show. We were supposed to go on a big tour in November, but due to some visa issues with one of the people from Norway... That's getting postponed, I think. So right now, just the release show. We might do like some weekend stuff here and there. We're trying to line something up, but not a, not a whole lot yet. What do you have in plan as far as uh, whenever you guys go over to Europe? Do you guys already got musicians that are going to travel with you? You got musicians over there that are going to hook up with you guys? What's the plan? Yeah, yeah, we got those locked down, finally. <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope no one bails. <laughs> so these are guys stateside that are traveling over with you? Yeah. Hired guns? Okay couple buddies we got scott coming with us from uh lion's daughter for sure okay yeah awesome right on i'm gonna ask you about bastard while we're at it oh man let's talk about bastard because i saw some bastard show i saw some <laughs> bastard shows coming up yeah one coming up at a brewery right yeah which all of us have completely forgot about <laughs> yeah I, I saw marcus randomly kind of like throw it up uh a flyer for it so i shared it on the group all three of us have other things going on as well because of uh, all three of us are playing that release show because <laughs> I don't know if you know, but Marcus is playing with Bastard now. Yes, yeah, I saw him put up a post about that. Yes, that's cool. I mean, he was playing with Bastard, so <laughs> right. might as well. Fuck yeah, <laughs> went in Rome, right? Yeah, no kidding. So you guys got that show coming up with Bonzilla is the one I think I I shared the the flyer for. Yeah, one of those Bond bands. Yeah, yeah. They they start to get confusing over time because it's all like, you know, do metal or something in that lane and then you know, Bond's in the name. Going out with Fister, we, we had that talk a lot with like, how many weed bands are we going to come across? Like yeah. A, a weed band bingo that we were playing. How many bands Weedian. have the speed or demon in it or weed or bong? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 kind of gotten littered with in in the genre as well. <laughs> So, does Bastard got anything in the works that you can talk about, too? Uh, just some shows right now, just doing that stuff at the moment. We're all, uh, Lion's Daughter's in the middle of doing a release with 
the new one that's coming out because that's the release show on the 15th is also a lion's daughter release show they're putting oh, out nice. the covers record so they're doing that we're all kind of like focusing on our own thing right now and then once we get this we all go through like phases of it's storm ruler time it's bastard time it's lion's daughter's time you know crack down on this stuff knock it out hit that while it's hot and then we'll jump on the next thing hit that and we'll fucking jump on the next thing Right. Yeah, I, I, we, I, we talked about it on the show too, but whenever I saw you guys uh, in July, how great of a show that was and how much I really enjoyed it. And it's, you know, Bastard set as well as Fester's, yeah. Yeah, dude. Good seeing you up there. That was fucking rad. Hell yeah, That man. was a sick show, though. That was one of the coolest sinkhole shows I've seen. Oh, you guys fucking killed it. And, you know, I'd listened to tons of Bastard prior to. It was the first time I'd seen Bastard in person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I was really taken back by it seemed like, you know, even parts in in Bastard's music almost got kind of and Marcus made this comment to me whenever I talked to him last. But I was like, I don't I never saw that. But kind of like a life once lost two steppy in parts, like some of the wrists were just like real gnarly. Oh, yeah. Almost kind of Southern. Whenever people started like moshing and shit, I was like, yeah, this this kind of fits the bill. I was I was a little taken back at first. Well, it's funny because, like, when I joined Bastard, uh, Scott was the only one writing, and he he wanted somebody to help write. And I, at that time, I was, like, wanting to write a record like that. So I had a shitload of riffs. But as you know, playing music together, I play a lot of country and a lot of bluegrass and a lot of southern shit. So the southern stuff definitely came through. Well, it's in your blood. It's roots. Yeah. Anytime I'm writing, like, whether you know it or not, the bluegrass and blues influences are there. I, I play like a lot of open notes, like bluegrass flat pickers play, because that's how I learned. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I throw it in a little bit. And you were pulling double duty too, you know, throwing in backup vocals and shit while you're playing drums and not missing a fucking beat too, son. Respect. That you know. <laughs> hey, dude, I fucking, I was Dropping watching you almost the whole time. Yeah, dude, I was watching the whole, I mean, even that, you didn't, you didn't miss a beat. You're still holding down your backup vocal parts and shit, man. Like, mad respect, because I don't know if I... I mean, I've tried practicing to do vocals while I'm playing drums, and it's... I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that do it, but it is one of the more difficult instruments to do vocals with, oh, I'm, without yeah. question. Uh, there's no way, dude. <laughs> yeah, it used to be the other way for me, where I thought, like, playing drums and doing vocals was easier than playing guitar and do vocals, but, like, now playing guitar and vocals is far easier than it is doing that shit. Yeah. yeah, and you probably have more reps of that now too, right. whereas you did in the past. It's, we make a joke about it because like Stormroller is the only band I play guitar in, and all the other bands I play drums in. But Stormroller is like the most active, so <laughs> it's just what I mo- what I do the most now. Whenever we talked to Marcus too, he was telling me about how challenging that he felt, you know, like the opportunities that he got to play with Storm Ruler, like some of the guitar playing and that you guys actually really pushed him as a musician, which was wild for me to hear because Marcus was always somebody that I looked up to when I was younger. You know, he was a few years ahead of me in school. Yeah, the dude's a fucking mastermind music. Yeah, and he's insane at bass in particular, not to say he's not bad at guitar either, but, you know, I, I knew him as a bassist. Yeah, I mean, he would say that too. He's He is a bass player at heart. <laughs> And he's an incredible bass player. Yeah, so some of his Last Flight Home bass stuff was pretty oh, yeah. incredible. For the last the record time. that Last Flight Home did, his bass playing was just on a, an right. entirely different level. Like, right, yeah, for sure. Reminiscent, in my opinion, of the bass player from Glassjaw, which is like one of my absolutely all-time favorite bassists. That guy's yeah. just knocked out, knocked the fuck out. But yeah, Marcus has got some sick fucking grooves when it yeah. comes to the bass in particular. But again, back to that show, you know, he was holding his own with Bastard in particular. And I know that like, you know, 
know, that's a little bit obviously faster playing stylings than, you know, Fister. <laughs> so that was the thing when he came to Stormroller because playing in Fister, everyone knows Fister is the slowest band in town. Going to one of the fastest bands in town. <laughs> right, yeah. right. It was funny. But again, he was holding his own, but yeah, fucking Fister, man. I thought our band was loud back in the day. I'm pretty sure Fister took the cake for sure. <laughs> like no competition because yeah, I mean they they've they've dialed it back. I mean it's still incredibly loud, but they dialed it back from the wall of amps that they used to have. I've played with them a few times. You know, even um, oddly enough, the last band I was in, Meyer Giants, we played a show together down in Cape. Yeah, we played with Thorlock. It was yeah. Thorlock, Fister, and us. I, I was aware they were loud. I saw them in person, but I don't know if it's just because I'm not as like acclimated, you know, now with things getting back up to speed, you know, over the last year with COVID and everything else. Right. Like my not ears just aren't shows. as acclimated to it anymore, yeah. but it just like, it shook me how loud they were, <laughs> yeah, but that was also a small room and I was standing right in front of Marcus. So you got to take that. And I made the, uh, the mistake of not bringing like earbuds. <laughs> me either. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't either. It sucked. It's not like everything was muffled for like three days. Yeah. 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 I've been really bad about that lately, even at practice, not wearing earplugs or anything. Toward the tail end of playing in Worlds, I did start to wear earplugs. Yeah, Worlds was another one of those loud-ass bands, too, though. Worlds was fucking loud. We, uh, especially, like, we incorporated it with intent tons of feedback yeah. in our music, so... Which, you know, that in and of itself fucks with your ears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, beyond just being loud. Now, with Storm Roller, like... I go back and forth when I'm drumming, like at bastard practice, I'll try to wear earplugs at bastard practice playing drums. I don't like to wear earplugs cause I, it just sounds a little weird too muffled uh, with storm ruler. I always wear earplugs, but I think that's because I can hear my vocals a little better, but live, I never wear earplugs live. I think a lot of it has to do with like how the sound is arriving to you as well. So as a drummer, you're often sitting behind the mix yeah. behind the cabs everything else you might have a monitor depending on where you're playing at and that monitor might be worth a damn or not worth a damn i'm always questioning like what i'm playing when i have earplugs in and i'm playing drums it's like does this sound good i feel like it sounds like shit <laughs> yeah I, I i understand that phenomenon too and then i pop my earplugs it's like oh no it sounds good i'm just self-conscious it's okay <laughs> you know i could i could see being up toward the front perhaps especially with the high pitch frequencies that you get from amps of course you know high watt amps and so on and so forth that wearing the earplugs would be more beneficial i could also see it being beneficial like you mentioned you know you're doing vocals too you can hear yourself a little bit better because you know that's right. pretty common especially at practice and i uh i push that on bastards vocalist jason uh, a lot too because uh we practice over at scott's house and it's the acoustics aren't the greatest in the world so i'm like throw some earplugs in man you know you'll be able to hear yourself infinitely better and it'll help you like not strain and kill yourself <laughs> right 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 yeah because that's definitely a mistake you can make whenever you can't hear yourself times so you try to yeah you push a little harder in that yeah yeah and yeah, that music and you can fucking like throw a vocal cord for sure it's easy to blow your uh, your vocals out <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, in fact it's very easy to do yeah as you said and uh, I've known a lot of folks that have had to cancel shows even like recently and shit just because of, you know, vocal issues. Like I saw a failure, I think it was in July or June of mm -hmm. this year, just a couple shows after we saw them, Bridge and I, they had to actually cancel some of their shows because of the, the vocalist, you know, and it had been a while since they'd been out, you know, beating the path themselves too. And they're older guys, but the vocalists play another instrument. Yeah. He plays guitar as well. Does he? Damn. Well, they switch around. Just one instrumental. He plays guitar and then he plays like those bass Vs, like the Fender uh, six string basses. Oh, all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So like he plays that like he him and the other guitarists they bounce back and forth between instruments, but he mostly plays bass actually himself. But they're just a three piece and and they're they're fucking they're actually pretty loud as well. Like I was surprised and they do like that wild setup of where they run shit through fractals. If you've like kind of seen bands with those presentations where they're kind of running everything through the PA and fractals. Yeah, 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 yes. If if you can get it to sound good, and you know what you're doing. It's it's actually a pretty cool setup. Like uh like amp simulators and shit. Yes, yes, that's exactly. Yeah, like Axe Effects and Kempers and all that. So they, these guys, uh, which the guy is an audio engineer too, like he records bands and shit too. Right. He he knows how to dial it in and shit, but they played at Pops, and Pops has, doesn't have like the greatest electrical wiring and shit, and I doubt that they put anything into that place in forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't Pops realize how bad it was run down until I was up there recently. Pops has gone its way. Yeah, yeah. for sure, man. Like, it, it needs a little TLC. Like, it's gotten... Pretty wrong. I don't even remember the last show I saw. It I feel like they don't really get shows anymore. But again, you know, right? Pandemic happened. Was Guar pops? Did they do? No, that was at the pageant. The pageant's starting to get some stuff back, but it used to be like 10, 15 years ago in particular. That was actually kind of the primary. I don't want to say place to have a show per se, venue wise, but like you know, it was it was that or the pageant over at Pops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for We've sure. seen for a sure. lot of the bigger I mean, ticket I've seen, bands and stuff. That's where I've seen uh, Dillinger. I've seen Intronaut. I saw right. Def Heb in there. You know, I've seen I've seen a lot of bands there. Acts, Animals as Leaders, Between the Buried and Me, Thursday. I've seen a ton of bands of pop. I played a ton of shows of pop, but and they used they used to have a lot of local shows in particular there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it where they've done the different stage configurations, where they do the full stage or they do the side the stage. Half stage. Right. I played the half stage with Carcass like six years ago. Which is weird because you'd think they would be main stage, but they threw them on side stage. Well, mm. what I saw between the Buried and Me and Animals as leaders, they, they played on the side stage. And I can't remember who opened for them. I want to say like somebody like Into the Mode or somebody like that or Impending Doom or somebody like that yeah. opened for them. But they had that sucker squared off. You'd think that that had been a full stage affair. Yeah, it wasn't. But yeah, man, I'm really excited to hear the rest of this Storm Ruler record. Hell yeah, dude. Me particular. too. I'm stoked to finally get it out. We got one more single and then... uh. And we're good to go. Any uh, any cool merch you guys got in the works? We're going to try to... Right now, we're running low on a lot of our merch. We're uh, selling most of the leftovers from the tour. We have like a okay. handful of things left. We're going to try to do a little bit of a merch restock before the release show. Uh-huh. And then I think before we go to Europe, we're going to try to take at least one or two new designs. There you go. That'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Something new to spit out at people. Maybe a new long sleeve or a new t-shirt. Hey, man, it's it's that time of the year. We're going to try to not do a black t-shirt for the next one. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I went to uh, Boris and Nothing either last weekend or weekend before last. It was so dark in Delmar Hall. I thought I got a black shirt, but actually they were forest green. So I got home to go put it in the wash, and I was like, I thought like I got sun bleached or something. <laughs> it was dark green. Delmar Hall's another cool one, though. I like that. I like. I that. loved it. I, that's the sound there is great. I went from Delmar Hall on um, Saturday seeing Boris and Nothing, and I saw H two O and the Descendants at the pageant that following Tuesday. The sound, like the pageant, I used to think was the best place sound wise, but uh, Delmar Hall is now, Way in better. my opinion. Yeah, I saw Saxon over there, and it, they. That crushed. And then I saw Sebastian Bach over there. Oh, really? And Suffocation and um, Black Dahlia Murder. I've seen a handful of shows over there, but all of them have sounded great. Is that Sebastian Bach performance? Was that, uh, did Lionstar play that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah he played like the, the Schlafly, like Beer Fest or whatever the fuck it's called up here. That's yeah. awesome, man. <laughs> and I guess it was Riverfront Times that put it on, and they got a hold of Lion's Daughter to play. And they're like, sure. 
They're like, yeah, we'll we'll get paid to go play with Sebastian Bach. Why? I wonder what he thought of Lion's Daughter. Why not? Right? I wonder what Sebastian Bach thought of him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He was probably like on the bus doing blow and probably, yeah. yeah, honestly, probably, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Knowing him, without question. So I'm really looking forward to getting some new merch on my hands too. So as soon as I, you guys get some shit out, I'm gonna be happy about uh, putting in an order with you, sir. We're we're looking to get you guys new tracks, so you did get send me some tracks today that we're gonna be featuring on the show today too. Killer. And uh, make sure that you guys stick around whenever the audio drop. Hell yeah! You, so you guys can hear these tasty new jams from Storm Ruler for sure. A couple more questions from viewers: What's your favorite truck stop on tour? Bucky's. And what's your favorite Chris Barnes Cannibal Corpse record? Fuck Chris Barnes. all right bucky's though for sure bucky's yeah bucky's is always a treat dude yeah it's huge and then that that's a giant truck truck stop right i think i've been to a bucky's but there's one uh, right there impression on me i think like in uh, colorado there's one in the city now right there off 44 dodge factory was it's wally's though oh wally's that's what i'm thinking of. yeah which is a kind of a bucky's-esque uh, okay, Bucky's adjacent. But I'm waiting for somebody to make one of those. Can we go to Bucky's? We have Bucky's at home things, and it's fucking Wally's. Fuck Wally's. <laughs> <laughs> Bucky's forever. There you go, Bucky's. My bad, I got them mixed up. <laughs> Before we get Jason off here, any of our Twitch followers got any more questions for Mr. Jason? Uh, non Chris Barnes favorite Cannibal Corpse record. Man, I don't know. I'm not a huge Cannibal Corpse fan, honestly. <laughs> when, I, when I was younger, you know, they had their kind of their time in the sun, but I, kind yeah. of the uh, the allure of Cannibal Corpse, I'll say, when I was younger. Not that I'm like shitting on them present day. I'm sure I'd probably enjoy them if I went back and gave them another chance, but it was more about liking something that was controversial for me. Yeah. Right. When yeah. I was, you know, younger. younger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I won't deny the riffage. All those dudes are fucking le- uh, legends and masters of what they do, but the whole death metal shtick never really fucking hit with me. I mean, like, I do love some death metal, you know, Bloodbath and the Jesus Satan record from Dan Sueno and all that, but black metal has never done a whole lot for me. <laughs> hey, did you ever check out that Dave Grohl, I think it was Dream Widow project that he put out this year? I heard one track from it, and it was like a black thrash track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, pretty there's, cool. Yeah. There's some pretty cool shit on there, and it's like hard to believe that's him doing vocals yeah. at times as well. But he's got it's kind of all over the map, like musically and shit. But like mm-hmm. he implements all kinds. Like there's and obviously so he's friends with Lemmy, but there's like straight up Motorhead songs on that record and shit too. <laughs> like I was like, all right, man. Like this is all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite albums that's come out this year. It's, it's that's pretty awesome. solid. I'll have to go give that one another spin. Yeah, Yeah, dude. It's definitely worth a listen through once, even if it's not entirely for you. I guarantee you there's some shit on there that you'll be about. The one track I did hear, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was cool. Like, he's obviously a good musician regardless of whether or not you like what he does. But uh, yeah, and and you know kind of like his influences and shit. But yeah, that's fucking dope. Josh, any more questions before we... Uh, No, just one person said more patches. Uh, Merci beaucoup. (laughs) <laughs> there you go that is my girlfriend there you go. <laughs> my french canadian girlfriend who i met on devastation i was yeah. wondering with the, uh, the she french... said tabernacle i don't know tabernacle 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 day i don't know tabernacle calice yeah, i don't know <laughs> i learned it in uh calice calice chris tabernacle it's like jesus motherfucking christ or something oh, okay. oh perfect i need to learn that yeah then. i need to learn that one too. so tabernacle is just like and if i get this wrong Shoo, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tabernacle is just like 
uh, it's Canadian slang or Quebecois slang rather than actual a French word. Oh wow, <laughs> okay. It's just like tabernacle, like the like, like right, yeah, tabernacle. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, makes a lot of sense. She said exactly, so you're right on. Damn, son, knocking it out of the park. Look at you. I'm fluent in French, I know. <laughs> he's beautiful, he's talented on the instruments, ladies and gentlemen. Look at him, and he's intelligent, too. He knows he's starting to learn his fucking French-Canadian. But I try. I'm by language. This guy is more than a triple threat. He's a quadruple fr- threat. Watch out, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason. Fucking deadly, son. I really appreciate you giving us the time, always. as always, sir. Always love chatting with you. Anything that we can ever do to promote anything you've got going on, whether it's Storm Ruler, Bastard, if you're ever, Bastard, excuse me, if you're ever going to get around to Harkonnen shit or anything else you got going on. Whatever happened with the Ukrainian shit? The U- uh, Ukrainian death metal yeah, band yeah, that yeah, I played yeah. with? Toronto yeah. Uh Markov, who's a dude who lives in St. Louis now. He's lived here for a little, quite a while. Yeah, we went out to uh, Fire in the Mountains out in Wyoming, Jackson Hole. I saw your pictures. Incredible. That's awesome. Dude, it was beautiful. I don't know how long I spent at the uh, actual event grounds rather than out in the mountains and sitting at a wagon and sitting at the river. Yeah, 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 that, I, I watched like two or three bands that whole week and I was taken in the nature most of the yeah. time. I don't blame you one bit, man. It's a beautiful hard country to pass up, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I loved it out there. Two of your biggest fans are right here. Hell yeah, so man. I'm into you, it. If and when <laughs> you need anything from us, uh, I know we're a couple of nobodies from Southeast Missouri, but we'll be happy to do whatever we can. Nah, you're my boys. You're my boys, blues. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, boss. Well, it was fun chatting with you, and we're going to be sure to be pumping your shit. Killer dudes. Right. Fun talking. Yeah, right, later, we'll leave you to it. Appreciate it, brother. Take care. Hey, this is Josh from ACI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast 22 on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI podcast, on TikTok at ATI podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI podcast questions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. Just want to close things out today talking about what we got going on next week. So we're kicking off our Halloween and horror heavy. I'm fucking pumped. Shit. It's my so, favorite time yeah, of the We've year, been man. talking about it over and over. <laughs> Fall's our favorite season. Halloween's our favorite holiday. It's a spooky season. So yeah, it's, it's getting spooky in here, motherfuckers. So y'all better get ready. So we are starting things off hot with Andy Treifenbeck. Or Treifenbach, excuse me. And uh, Andy is from Late Night Grand House and Destroy the Brain. So Destroy the Brain is kind of the promotional vehicle over everything. Kind what a guest. Multimedia. I'm pumped. He's got podcasts. He's got a Discord out there for Destroy the Brain. They've got a website slash blog, the blog excuse me, that does movie reviews, like up-to-date genre films and horror and so on, thrillers and what have you. But uh, Andy Treifenbach is a awesome dude. I've been fortunate enough to go to one of the viewings that they've had. Actually, it was a Valentine's Day surprise that I gave my wife one year. We went and saw Cronenberg film that they were showing. Oh, that's cool. They're up at the De Pere Cinema, one of their showings. They do and, all kinds of cool shit there, man. And yeah, just like the collection of nostalgia and special editions of Blu-rays, physical media, vinyls, shirts, merchandise, right. hats. Like they have a whole display set up in the lobby too whenever they do showings and events. They do horror trivia. They're getting ready to do a partnership and a horror film festival at the Heavy Anchor and the films right. that they show outside there, too. So we're going to get in the weeds and talk to Andy Treffenbach about everything that they've got going on, upcoming events. Also going to pick his brain on like 
how he came about doing this because my understanding is he was in the music scene back in the day too so i'm going to talk to him a little bit about that that'd be cool band that he used to be in as well just talk about everything that destroy the brain slash late night grindhouse has in the works and promote his upcoming events so after that we will of course be continuing our month-long horror talk and themed podcast episodes so we're actually going to be doing the ATI podcast, Five Favorite Horror Film Roundtable. Uh, we've got an open invite out there. Josh and I, of course, will be here as always, piloting the ship. But we've got invites out to Ridge to come back, Brandon to come back, and then as well as uh, Doug Wicker, who was yeah, previously the director. So, yeah, Doug, if uh, you're out Doug there. Doug is checking his get schedule to make sure he can make it happen. But, uh, you know, if he doesn't have any conflicts, he's basically already said he would do it. So. Look, look forward to having Doug on. I'm sure my list will be uh, less exciting as everybody else's. Well, I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to quickly hit on the concept. Like, I'm not telling anybody to like go out there on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes and get like the highest scoring ones. It's like your personal favorite. Like, yeah. Halloween rolls around. If you're going to rewatch a Halloween movie, what's it going to be? Like, let's fire off the first five for sure. Yeah. And I've told these guys to put some in reserve because if any, if there's any crossover, because I guarantee you in our group of friends. We're going to have at least a movie or two crossover. Right. We're going to put some in the reserve so we can just like bring awareness and spread out some more. And so we will have plenty of content for the episode. So we're going to, you know, have plenty of talk about plenty of films to talk about. And we're not going to get too into the weeds, like as far as like the synopsis of every movie. Right. But we're going to talk about the movie, the performances. Why it's our favorite. Why it's our, yeah, just right. kind of like little key talking points. Because it is going to be a lot to cover, especially with, you know, four to five people on the call. So, <laughs> uh, But it's really just kind of create an awareness of the films. If And don't get me wrong, there's going to be probably some like more traditionally known movies. But I think that there's going to be some obscure ones as well Yeah, that some folks might not be aware of. So it uh, might be worth checking out. I, in fact, I am very confident it's worth checking out for any of our listeners or any passerbys yeah. to create an awareness. So, And then right after that, we've got uh, Logan Cole coming on, a mask maker. And uh, he's actually a St. Louis-based mask maker and uh, makeup effects artist. And he's done a lot of fantastic work. He's actually tagged in our recent postings, particularly on Instagram. So you can actually go look at his Instagram account, look at some of the work that he's done, and see his work, which is stellar. And I put it on par with like, you know, Rick Baker type shit back right. in the day. So we're like talking about the, the guy dogs. who did like Thriller, right. um, uh, American Werewolf in London, shit like that. So, you know, you definitely want to check out his work. And, That'd be uh, awesome. I'm really excited I'm, for that I'm really too. looking forward to getting in the weeds with him. Talk about, you know, kind of people of old, you know, the Stan Winstons and the, the Rick Bakers, like I mentioned. And... You know, just like a lot of those historical, we can even get into like kind of the old universal, I'm sure, horror movie uh, and mass making from back in the day. You know, some of the more traditional Wolfman, Creature of the Black Lagoon and shit like that, too. Right. I'm sure he's a fan of that stuff. And, you know, Tom Savini, another guy that a lot of people don't realize does a lot of makeup special effects work. But he's, you know, famous for being in Dawn of the Dead and he's in From Dust Till Dawn as well so yeah those are kind of more two note more notable franchises that he's been involved with over time but a lot of b movies too and actually if you're a professional wrestling fan tom savini made the mask for bray wyatt as oh, really? the fiend character huh so yeah kind of the insane joker looking one he made that and tom savini made a mask for Corey taylor of slipknot too so huh. you don't necessarily have to be a film fan you can be a music pro wrestling fan to know tom savini's work out there so tom savini's kind of a jack of all trades and it's going to be a sad day Quite frankly, whenever he passes, because, you know, he's starting to get up there in his twilight years himself as well. So he's a pretty badass dude, too. But uh, after that, we've got Horror Stories with your bud tender. 
And then we get another addition into the Colts Conspiracies and Killer series. So we are rounding out that month with just horror-related discussion topics. And I think it's going to be really entertaining. We're going to get a little fucking spooky up in this motherfucker. <laughs> Break it spooky. Break out your pumpkin spice, your chai lattes, what caramel, caramel. your pumpkin beers, yeah. your alfalfa pump, and Set on pumpkins. <laughs> Leave the stem. Yeah, leave the stem always. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're really excited about getting spooky with y'all. Got to thank Jason once again, of course, for his time always. this week. Guys, yeah. busy motherfucker. Make sure you follow them on social media. Make sure you go to the album release in October. It Support was those tentatively, dudes. yeah, it was tentatively announced that it was going to be the ready room previously. You know, if you follow them, follow, follow Lion's Daughter, follow follow, uh, follow excuse me, Fister follow the gorge online i'm sure they'll keep everybody updated but we too will circle back on that and update people as more updates become available so make sure that we stick around to the end of the show today too so we can hear that storm ruler track i'm barrett barry insane on instagram and twitter and he's josh you can find him at underscore joshua welch on instagram and for this week we are out of time good night and good luck stay safe out there
This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there.